Hi, I'm Grace, and I'm an indie vet. I'm also home from work at six and already transformed into a princess. Mommy, put on your crown. That's because I've got complete control of my schedule, plenty of shifts that fit my life, and a team like no other. It's a whole new way to vet. Indie vets. Welcome into an all-new sports stove. Here's what's cooking on today's sports stove podcast. The latest from the NFL. So much to talk about. And we're going to sprinkle in some other sports as well. But uh, let's just get the show started. We're cooking all kinds of stuff on the sports stove today. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new Sports Stove Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Stover. My dad, Dale Stover, joins me for this episode. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Got a little bit of a winter storm up here in Ohio tonight, so um, that's kind of interesting, but we're doing good. <laughs> Hopefully the uh, power doesn't go out at any point during this this broadcast. So we've got ice moving in uh, here in Lexington. And uh, so far, just mainly rain. But nonetheless, today's episode is presented by Fantasy Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live. Started February the 20th at 8 p.m. And every Sunday following, Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live will air on the Belly Up Fantasy Facebook and Twitter pages, as well as the Belly Up Sports TV Network, which you can find. If you have a Roku, you can actually download the Belly Up Sports Station. Otherwise, you can find us on Tiki Live. Uh, there as well. But uh, Kevin Wilson hosts the show. I join him and uh, we talk all things fantasy baseball. We'll be doing player rankings, uh, fantasy draft, and uh, keep you going throughout the whole season as well. So Belly Up Fantasy Live starting February 20th, every Sunday night at 8 p.m. live. Uh, I want to shout out to start off the episode EKU Basketball. I did not was not able to do a local hour episode as I usually do on Wednesdays. Uh, due to different work and family obligations and things like that. Uh, but uh, Thursday night, I was able to attend both the EKU women's and men's games. Both teams pull out the win. Uh, EKU men go to triple overtime and uh, able to finally seal the deal in triple overtime. The atmosphere was uh, fun. And a uh, big shout out and congratulations to EKU Hoops, uh, EKU women's basketball as well, with their big uh, win against Kennesaw State. And uh, I'll talk more about that on this coming Wednesday's episode of the the Sports Stove Local Hour. Dad, there's a lot going on in the world of sports that involve a little bit more than sports. And we want to start off the episode uh, and our football talk today with uh, some thoughts on the Brian Flores situation. Brian Flores has filed a lawsuit against the NFL, the New York Giants, the Miami Dolphins, and the Denver Broncos claiming racial discrimination in their hiring process. Um, I'm writing an article currently. I've got most of it done. Uh, so it should go up hopefully for, uh, sometime here Friday or Saturday. Um, and it's titled, The New York Giants Get the Right Coach the Wrong Way. Brian Flores uh, named the New York Giants as, as one of the issues within his lawsuit. And then he shared the text messages from Brian, Bel- or Brian Belichick, Bill Belichick, uh, as he was texting, he thought Brian Dayball congratulating him on the uh, New York Giants job 
only he was texting Brian Flores. And uh, and in doing so, he said that Dayball had the job. That's who they were going to hire. Congratulations, all that kind of stuff. The problem was Flores had not even interviewed for the job yet. And so obviously they did not fulfill their responsibilities in the Rooney rule. Now they did interview a minority candidate before uh, this happened, but he was an in-house candidate and uh, the defensive coordinator there. And so that did not satisfy the Rooney rule. They had to interview an outside candidate as well. They also had Leslie Frazier scheduled to eventually interview also. But I just kind of kept on thinking about this idea of uh, racial discrimination, specifically in the situation with the New York Giants. And the way I thought about it was, I don't think race played any role into the hiring of Brian Dayball. Now, were the Giants wrong and not following the rules as set up by the Rooney Rule? Yes. And should they have consequences as a result of it? Yes, because my dad always taught me, if there's a rule, you follow it. If you break it, there's going to be a problem for it. And so there should be a consequence for breaking and not fulfilling the rule that is in place. But I don't see this as racial discrimination either, because I think Brian Dayball was the right coach. Everything about the fit in New York for Brian Dayball makes sense. Uh, Brian Dayball was the offensive coordinator in Buffalo starting in 2018, the same year that they drafted Josh Allen. Josh Allen's first year in Buffalo was not great. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great either. But then and the improvement started under Brian Dayball as his offensive coordinator. His accuracy went up. His touchdown to interception ratio uh, changed drastically. Uh, a lot of touchdowns compared to uh, just a few uh, interceptions. The offense was one of the best offenses in the league here the last two years. And so now you look at the situation Brian Dayball goes into in New York. He has Saquon Barkley. Uh, he has Kenny Galladay. He has Evan Ingram. Guys that are talented and capable. Then he has a quarterback in Daniel Jones, same height as Josh Allen, about 15 pounds lighter than Josh Allen, but athletic. What did Brian Dayball do with Josh Allen? He made him a vital part of the run game for Buffalo. Now, Daniel Jones, maybe, just maybe, Brian Dayball can make him into a legit starting quarterback in the NFL. It fits all the criteria. He There is enough there in common with what Brian Dayball had to work with in Buffalo. Now, I think Josh Allen is a far better quarterback than Daniel Jones, but I think there's potential there. And I think it just makes sense for Brian Dayball to be the head coach of the Giants. Not only that, they bring in a GM, they hire a GM from Buffalo. It makes sense. They know Brian Dayball, all those sorts of things. So again, I'll say it. Was, was the New York Giants wrong for not satisfying the Rooney rule? Yes. Or, or at least bringing in guys as a sham interview those kinds of things. But did they hire the right coach? They did. But again, that points out the problem with the Rooney rule. Great motives. Uh, the great idea behind the Rooney rule. The problem is, and it always has been, these interviews that are only interviews for the sake of satisfying a rule and not actually giving a candidate a legit shot. Now, Flores, I think, was a top four coaching uh, a prospect here. Not prospect. That's not even the right word. He was one of the top four candidates, I think, in the whole cycle. Uh, but he doesn't fit in New York. At least I don't think he does. I think they made the right hire with Brian Dayball. I just think they went about it the wrong way. And as racism is a word that is overused to some degree, there's obviously a long way that we need to go in our country still when it comes to race. But in this situation, I don't see how race played a role with the one exception of satisfying the Rooney rule. So I think 
Very simply, the New York Giants hired the right coach. They just went about it the wrong way. And I don't think Flores is going to get very far uh, other than the Rooney Rule situation when it comes to racial discrimination because I don't think they racially discriminated. I just think they knew which coach they wanted, and they hired that coach. And they had it in their minds that this is who we're going to hire even before they fulfilled the rules in place. And by the way, Bill Belichick, great job throwing a little shade at New York uh, here throughout this process as well. Dad, your thoughts on Brian Dayball to the Giants and even more specifically the situation with Brian Flores and what's going on there uh, with his lawsuit. Well, I think obviously there are things that need to be improved in the NFL. There are things that need to be improved in our country, like you said, as far as the idea of race is concerned. Um, I don't think this is probably going to help it a whole lot. Um, I don't think um, Brian Flores is is the right person at the right time um, for this. I think too many things um, break down um, from there. And um, again, you know, if he was still the coach of the Dolphins or if he had become the coach of the Giants, would he be suing the NFL? Um, probably not, even though he's, he has pointed out some problems that need to be solved. Uh, but I, I don't think he's going to help it. Even some of the illustrations he used, um, you know, breaks down rather quickly. And um, I, I just don't think he's going to be the best spokesman at this point um, to make change. I think he's a guy who was done wrong in some ways, um, a guy that's hurt. Um, but that's how that that's how it looks. And I think that's what it is. And, you know, now you're bringing up other things with the um, – you know, getting paid for to, to lose, uh, that has nothing to do with racial discrimination from there. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to, like I said, I, and he's not getting support across the board um, from a lot of people. So um, I, I don't know how that will go. And uh, I think it'll definitely hurt him continuing his career in the NFL. Um, again, the, some of the problems he's pointed out need to be solved. And I think that this may, the NFL is going to, you know, take a look and try to do some things that help. I've heard some people make some good comments. I felt like about it. I saw some things today from, um, um, the, the, I guess the president of Washington um, football team, the Washington commanders. I know we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Um, some of what he said made sense. So I think, you know, it, it, it may bring some attention to it. I don't know that the lawsuit is going to go far. Yeah, I think, again, I think that the Rooney rule has its its problems. And I think that he is bringing attention to, to some of those problems for sure. And I think that there there will result change as a result of this. I don't think the lawsuit's going to go very far as far as the racial discrimination goes. Um, but I do think that it'll it'll cause some effect, some, I think, positive effect when it comes to the Rooney rule and what needs to be done and how the teams need to adhere to it and and maybe try to fix some things in it. Uh, but you did mention a couple other things, and let's talk about those things. The Miami Dolphins, um, they offered $100,000 for losing in Miami, and it doesn't sound like Flores took the money. Uh, it sounds like him and Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you remember, they willed their way to, to more wins than most people thought they would ever get, and they still ended up with Tua. They were taken for Tua, and they still still got him. Uh, but uh, – you know, that's a problem. That's a legal problem. Uh, it's not a racial problem, but it is a legal problem. 
And uh, Hugh Jackson said Cleveland uh, did something similar for him when the, when he was up there as well. But he's not joining the lawsuit. At least he hasn't to this this point. Um, but Miami, what a mess Miami is. I mean, <laughs> first of all, they fired a coach that seems to be a really good coach. And then on top of that, they now they're coming out that the dysfunction within that organization is absolutely a mess. Um, I mean, what do you think about Miami now? Do you think that they are a place that coaches would be still like to go to a uh, situation where they're willing to risk uh, working for a guy that, that, well, maybe, maybe they need, do they need to change ownership in Miami because of these, these accusations are true that they're paying coaches to lose games. If it comes out that the accusations are true, which um, I don't know that there's, they've really proved that yet at all, and then a lot of people are denying that. But if, if yes, I think they, they will make a change in ownership and probably should um, if, if that is the case. Um, it'll be, you know, it'd be interesting to get all the facts and everything surrounding it. Again, I mean, to me, as soon as I heard this, well, this happened, you know, Several years ago, Hugh Jackson's accusation several years ago, these guys want to take a big stand about it. Why are we hearing about it now? We're hearing about it now because somebody's mad about something else. Uh, but if it was if it was done, if you know an owner is paying a coach to lose games, then um, then yes, I think something the NFL will do something and should do something. Yeah, and I want to clarify something just because this is a very sensitive topic. And, Dad, if you don't agree with this, then let me know. But I, I think you would. There has to be consequences for the wrongdoing. So we're not excusing Miami for paying a coach to, or trying to pay a coach to lose. We are questioning the fact that, you know, it it's a little bit more convenient. It's still not convenient for Brian Flores to do this, but it's a little bit more convenient now than it was two years ago when, when the event happened. He could have said there and blown it up right there and whatever, um, he's currently without a job. Now, I, I was still thinking he was going to get a job, but he's probably not going to now because I'm not sure you can sue the league and be hired all at the same time. So that's going to be a problem, I would assume. Um, and depending on what happens in the lawsuit, maybe he does get the opportunity to coach again. I think he's a great coach. I, I really do. I, I was impressed with what he did in, in Miami. And like I said, I thought him, Doug Peterson, Brian Dayball, Eric Bieniemy. I thought those four guys were the top coaches available and uh, and really expected all four of them to have jobs. But that being said, I just want to clarify. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. I think dad agrees with me. Miami, there needs to be consequences because it's wrong. It's just, you know, you've taken this big stand now. Why didn't you take it two years ago? And I, I think I understand and Dad. I think you would understand why he didn't do it two years ago. Um, but you're right. It now is is just... He's angry about being fired. He's uh, angry about the Giants situation and not getting a, a fair shot there um, and maybe about other things. And he just decided, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm going to speak out. I'm going to spill the beans. And here we go. Let's see where it takes us. 
Yes. No, I, I mean, I agree there should be consequences. If it's proved that um, the Miami owner did that, then yes, I think there should be. And I think there will be consequences. Yeah, the accusations he made at Denver, they very quickly responded with a timeline. Uh, and they said they have evidence and proof that what he said about their their interview a couple years ago uh, is not true. And, and the, supposedly they have all the proof that they need to prove now, that's not true. And I'll tell you, that's going to be the biggest issue here is if if he makes accusations that are clearly proven as false, um, we've seen it before, it just absolutely kills the entire argument. Even if he's right in some areas, if he makes false accusations, it's going to absolutely ruin his opportunities moving forward because uh, because then you just you look like a fool. Uh, anybody does. If you make an accusation that's clearly proven as false, no one believes you anymore, and it hurts. It hurts the 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 positive sides of your argument by by not telling the truth. So we'll see how it all shakes out. We'll see what information comes out in the weeks, months, years to come, um, and and sees you know see what happens uh, from there. I just want to clarify for those watching on Belly Up uh, or Facebook or wherever. I'm drinking an, an a ginger ale tonight, but it's in a glass glass bottle. It's called L8. It's a local locally made ginger ale. Just wanted to clarify, I do not drink alcohol. I wanted to make sure that was clear um, in this process. Thanks to L8, they did nothing for me, uh, but it's a good ginger ale. I absolutely love it. You're locally uh, made, and we're trying to get them to sponsor the program. Just hasn't happened quite uh, yet. Uh, let's talk about Jim Harbaugh, Dad. He, he makes the announcement, I'm staying it. I'm staying at Michigan. And I told you when we when we heard the news, he conveniently decides, I'm going to pull my name out of the hat. I'm assuming that means he was not a candidate, uh, not the candidate they wanted, at least in Minnesota. So he pulls himself out of the race there, goes back to Michigan. How crazy is it that a college football head coach on a major program was interviewing in an NFL uh, uh, team on National Signing Day of all days. Uh, how crazy is that? That seems that seems really crazy. It seemed very strange. Um, strangely enough, you know, it, it didn't really seem to hurt Michigan. They had a good recruiting thing there. He said that he had contacted um, the recruits, letting them know that he was considering, you know, an NFL job there. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it didn't seem to make any sense about the timing there, um, at all. And I think down the line, you know, yeah, it may have an effect on recruiting people knowing that, you know, he may not be there for a long time if he could get an NFL job. Um, so I don't know. I know when it comes to college recruiting, there are a lot of assistants, a lot of people involved in the process. And I think a school can sell itself. Um, you know, the head coach usually is the one that can tie the ribbon at the end and close the deal. But um, a lot is said about the university and the staff to the young young athletes uh, during the recruiting process. So probably, but yeah, the timing seemed seemed really odd there. Yeah, I mean, uh, they they had to have been communicating great with the recruits, right? I mean, they had to be saying, "Hey, if he goes, here's who our coach is going to be." These guys are still going to be. I mean, they had to be communicating with guys yeah. to not lose guys over that um, for sure. And of course, their defensive coordinator left for the NFL uh, to Baltimore uh, as well. But um, I just, I was shocked. I couldn't believe. You know, I mean, it seemed like he was throwing the university under the bus. But 
whatever they did worked. And uh, Minnesota uh, was reportedly going to hire uh, O'Connell, the uh, Los Angeles Rams offensive coordinator, as their new head coach. That cannot be made official until after the Super Bowl, uh, which is funny because everybody in Lexington is scared now because the offensive coordinator at Kentucky used to work in the offensive staff at the Rams, so they're assuming that he's going to get hired to the Rams to replace O'Connell. Who knows if that's going to happen uh, or not. But uh, nonetheless, it's just another fun wrinkle to deal with here locally uh, as well. Uh, let's talk about changing names. The Washington football team made the announcement um, that they are going to now be the Washington Commanders. Uh, your initial thoughts on the new name, the Washington Commanders? Um, I, again, I, I don't think it's a, hor- a horrible choice. I kind of knew it was going to be in that direction when they gave the final list and said what some of the ones were not going to be the fans wanted. I uh, figured it was going to be presidents, commando, commanders, something on that order, um, you know, based on their list. So it wasn't a real surprise. I mean, you know, I think that's a, a good name for what it's worth. I like that better than Guardians um, that the baseball <laughs> team went with. And, um, you know, commanders, I think that's a, that, that's a good term, a lot they can do, um, you know, with that. Um, so I, I don't think it was bad. I think the, you know, I've seen the logo, the helmet, the uniform, all that stays, um, you know, uh, very similar to what they've had. So I don't think it was a, it was a bad choice at all. Yeah. I said the same thing about the guardians, by the way, uh, on social media, you know, it was a thousand percent better than guardians. I thought the jerseys looked good. Uh, seems like maybe a slight change in the color red, that they're using, uh, maybe a little bit darker, but uh, uh, still the same general color scheme. They got the, the alternate jerseys, the black jerseys as well. I like the W's on the helmet as well. I've heard some people kind of negative on that. I, I like it. I think it's good. Um, overall, I think it's fine. And I think I think they could have stayed with Washington football team and it would have been fine. I think they could have gone a couple of different directions. Surprised they didn't tie the R in. I, that's one thing. I thought from the beginning there would still be Washington and then the team name start with an R, but um, they chose to go a different direction than that. And, uh, and you know, good for them. They made a decision and, and the people who don't like it will get over it. Because I remember when we lived in Tennessee and the Oilers changed to the Titans, there were people who didn't like Titans, didn't like the logo, didn't like whatever. Now you don't ever hear about it. Nobody talks about how much they dislike the name or logo or anything like that as uh well there there's a football yeah and i was thinking also you know they can still tie in the song a little bit because you hail to the commanders that can go right along so you know in this day and time we won't beat them bust them route them romp them because that's all violent things but as far as hail to the commanders um they could still keep that uh dad i'm gonna um task you with writing the lyrics now for the new uh, hail to the commander song. And maybe we'll debut that here in one of our episodes as well. I think we could, uh, think, I think me and dad, many people don't know this. Me and dad have sung together, uh, before and, uh, <laughs> we've written some songs and, uh, done some different things. So maybe just maybe we'll debut a new hail to the commanders, uh, song someday here in the future as well. Um, but yeah, I think overall good. I haven't reached out to any of my Washington 
uh, football fans that are friends. Uh, don't, don't have a ton of them, but uh, do have a couple. I need to reach out to them and see what they think on those things as well. Uh, but overall, I thought it was good. I thought it was was fine. Uh, let's see here. The Denver Broncos are for sale, Dad. Uh, you wanna you wanna go in ninety uh, ten on that? You can go ninety percent. I'll I'll give the other ten percent. We'll buy us a football team. It's it's amazing. Sports teams still going up for sale. The the money that's going to be in this is ridiculous. There's a lot of money. They're asking for a lot of money. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. They just you know hired a new coach. They're kind of uh, trying to change, revamp all that kind of stuff. And now they announce the teams for sale. Uh, do you think it'll sell? Do you think it'll, you know, I mean, that family has been around for a little while now in the NFL. Uh, do you know anything or think anything about the Denver Broncos up for sale? No, I mean, you know, the names that came up, you know, of course was Peyton Manning. And, um, I think Elway also have talked about, you know, wanting to be involved in ownership, especially if that ever did come up for sale. So they might be in a group or may spearhead a group, um, that would want to buy them. But again, Denver, you know, Denver, I think is a very reputable franchise, very, you know, very recognizable. I mean, I guess all of them are, but you think of the Denver Broncos, um, a lot of history there, and um, I think, you know, a solid organization. So, I, again, I would think you wouldn't want somebody to come in and just make wild changes. Um, but, again, you know, um, I'm sure they'll have people that, you know, want to buy it pretty quick. So, Yeah, and if they can keep it in the football family, meaning uh, former Broncos like John Elway, Peyton Manning, then there won't be a whole lot of change being made. And And my guess is – they probably have a little bit of a, of a plan for what they wanted to happen and putting it up for sale as opposed to just selling it. They might already had a plan in place where they've talked with people and said, hey, we're going to put it up for sale. We'd like for you to buy the team. And maybe and maybe they already have worked out, but they have to do it all, you know, legally and everything like that as well. Uh, let's talk about quarterbacks on the move, Dad. There are two starters from this past year that have been talked about, discussed, actually three, I guess, uh, that have been discussed about moving, but we've we've heard about two a lot more recently. I didn't put it in the notes for our in our pre-show, but Russell Wilson will be the third one. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo announced in uh you know in his press conference, hey, it looks like time my time here in San Francisco is over. I've asked him to if they move me to move me to a you know a contending team, and I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo's name come up a lot in Tampa uh, as as definitely a name to watch in Tampa. Uh, and his name's come up for a lot of different places as well. But um, Jimmy Garoppolo, his time in San Francisco is probably done. It makes sense. They drafted Trey Lance. They got him to go to him eventually, and uh, it seems like now's the time. Jimmy Garoppolo, Dad, would you want Jimmy Garoppolo if you're a team that needs a quarterback? I'm thinking Carolina, uh, Tampa. Um, you know, I mean, there are other teams, but as far as teams that have some interesting guys on the roster – I mean, I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan. I would say I'd pass. But uh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, Garoppolo, I think, has proved that he's – I think he can be a starting quarterback. He's definitely serviceable. I think if you need a quarterback, being there's not a lot in the draft this time, um, I think, you know, he has proved that he's a guy – again, I think it helps if he gets in the right spot. But there are some teams – that have um, talent, you know, I think um, Washington might be a, a good fit for him. Um, if Russell Wilson leaves, Seattle 
has a lot of talent. Now, again, they're in the division. That'd be a little different. But um, I, to me, that one made a lot of sense when I looked at it. And, of course, New Orleans, um, you know, has talent. So Carolina does need a quarterback. But based on what he has said, what he's looking for, um, again, you know, We've talked about Washington. I don't know that they know they have a quarterback. They've got a great wide receiver. They've got a great run, a good running back. Um, they've got a defense. I think they have a good coach. And um, so I I think there's some spots. I would think he will land rather, rather quickly. But, again, a lot of it will depend on if the other two quarterbacks in question move, then, you know, that would open up spots there too. Washington is such an interesting place, right? Um, I want Andy Dalton to go there. I think Andy Dalton would be very good uh, in Washington. Um, you know, again, is he the future? No. Um, I would take Dalton over Garoppolo, honestly. Uh, I know some people would disagree with me on that, but, um, you know, Dalton's not a big fish. And I don't know that Garoppolo, Garoppolo's kind of being treated like a big fish. I just don't think he is. I think he's a, a good quarterback. I think he's best served as a bridge quarterback or as a the best backup quarterback in the NFL. And I don't think he wants to be a backup quarterback. I don't think he's willing to be a backup quarterback. Um, so, you know, what, what will happen with him? I don't know. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is being talked about a ton. Um, and, I, I put this on social media. Anybody who says Aaron Rodgers is going to go to Tampa has no clue what they're talking about. There is no way on earth that the Packers would let him go to Tampa. Um, it's just not going to happen. I don't think he's going to go to an NFC team. I don't think the Packers would, would have that happen either. I think it's Denver or Vegas is the only two options really for Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, any team he goes to, if he goes somewhere, it's winter time. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. You know, they're going to they're gonna be improved at the quarterback position. He's a great quarterback. Um, what do you think? I know we've talked about Aaron Rodgers a lot on the show in the past, but what are your thoughts on the right fit for him or where where you think he'll go or the possibilities of him going? Um, again, I, I think uh, I think the best spot for him really is Green Bay. I think, again, um, he's going to announce this month. You know, I think we'll know fairly quick. Um, if he does ask for a trade, then yes. I, I think a lot of it will depend on what the Packers can get. Someone that can offer uh, enough draft picks. Um, maybe even some players that would help in a certain position. I think that's going to be – now, they're not going to trade him in the division, um, may not trade him in the in the NFC, but I think it will depend on what they 
can get um, from there. But I don't know that it's going to come down to that. I think, again, it'll depend on the discussions they've had, um, where they're at with Devontae Adams and some of the other free agents. And, um, again, I think, you know, um, Rodgers may even want to stay in Green Bay still um, if he can. But, um, you know, we will see. Yeah, it makes a good story um, for Den- about Denver. But um, at this stage, I mean, I think we've we've learned that the people that have the inside sources and know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers really don't. So, and the people that do know um, aren't talking about it. His close friends or whatever. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, he's not going to the NFC. I, there's just no way. I I, I mean. I don't know what team in the NFC could offer the Packers something or would offer the Packers something that would make them go, okay, yeah, we would be fine with playing Aaron Rodgers in the NFC title game. Uh, you know, I just don't see that happening. They they will they will move them to the AFC if they move them. Denver makes sense because of cap space. Uh, they can send draft picks. They can send young wide receivers. They can send some defensive. You know, like guys like Bradley Chubb. Would Denver want to trade Bradley Chubb? I don't know, but you talk about an elite edge rusher. Bradley Chubb is there. Um, then you look at a team like Vegas. Vegas brings in Josh McDaniels, who's had a lot of success with Tom Brady. Uh, you know, then you could actually get a quarterback back if you don't if you don't trust Jordan Love. You can get Derek Carr back in that trade as well, um, which could get Devontae Adams to sign a long term deal if he's not going to play with Aaron Rodgers. His college quarterback was Derek Carr. He has a great relationship with Derek Carr. Um, so that would be one where they'd get a quarterback. Plus, if you're going to trade Aaron Rodgers, you're getting multiple players and multiple picks, guaranteed. Multiple starters and multiple draft picks. That's just the way it's going to work. I still don't think Rodgers is going to get moved. I think he either retires or sticks with Green Bay. But they have so much to work out if he stays uh, with the cap issues and things like that. Um so I, I I still don't see Rodgers playing for another team. I would not be heartbroken if he does play for another team. And I put this out there as well, Dad. There's a reason why I cheer for a team and not for individuals. Teams don't retire. Uh, teams don't get traded. Uh, I'm a Packer fan. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan. I like Aaron Rodgers fine. I like him being on my team. But if he leaves... I don't stop cheering for the Packers because I'm a Packer fan. That's what I do. I cheer for the Packers. And uh, and I think we're seeing this with the Tom Brady situation as people now don't know who they're going to cheer for because Tom Brady's retiring. What a sad place to be in sports fandom. Uh, we're going to talk about Tom Brady, but first we're going to take a quick break and uh, we're going to hear a quick word about how you can vote for our show in the Sports Podcast Awards. We'll be right back to talk Tom Brady and how his career could have been drastically different. What's going on, Belly Up Sports fans? Thanks for tuning in to the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. We have some really exciting news for several Belly Up Podcast Network shows. The Sports Stove Podcast, the Rough Cut Sportscast, and here in Puckburg have all been nominated for a Sports Podcast Award. So, Head on over to sportspodcastawards.com and make sure to vote for the Sports Stove Podcast for Best College Sports Podcast and Best News and Current Affairs Podcast. Vote for the Rough Cut Sportscast for Best American Football Podcast and vote for Here in Puckford for Best Winter Sports Podcast. Again, that website is sportspodcastawards.com. Thanks for being the best part of Belly Up Sports. We are what they aren't. 
So there you go. Podcast, Sports Podcast Awards, uh, sportspodcastawards.com. We're in two categories nominated as finalists for Best College Sports Podcast. That's our local hour on Wednesday evenings. And then Best News and Current Affairs Podcast as well. And you go on sportspodcastawards.com. Vote for us. We need your votes. We appreciate your votes. Um, and we appreciate you listening and supporting Dad. January was a record month for us here at the podcast. We tripled our audio downloads uh, in the month of January from the previous month as well. Uh, by far our biggest month uh, of of our um, career. So thank you all for listening and and being a part of this show. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we want to talk about Tom Brady a little bit. Tom Brady announced his retirement. Adam Schefter was right, by the way. Um, just Brady wasn't happy with, <laughs> with how it went out. But nonetheless, Tom Brady announces his retirement. And I was listening to people talk about Tom Brady and how great he is. And and then the, the whole conversation and argument about Brady and Belichick and which one's better and which one was more the, the reason for their winning and all those kinds of things. And dad, something that we talk about every year around draft season is the importance of the right fit, getting to the right opportunity, being on the right team with the right coach and the right system for quarterbacks. And we're seeing this with young quarterbacks. We've seen it with Patrick Mahomes, just the fortunate situation that he's in. We're seeing it with a Josh Allen and Buffalo out, just fortunate he was to work with those guys and in those systems. We see it with people like Marcus Mariota, who goes to Tennessee, and it never really works out there, and they kind of tried to make him do something he wasn't comfortable with. We saw it with Mitch Trubisky in, in Chicago as well. They tried to make him do things that he was not good at, and it did not work. Tom Brady drafted, yes, late in the sixth round in New England, Um just seemed to be very fortunate to be in the perfect situation to have the opportunity. And I started thinking, Dad, if he was drafted in the sixth round by any other team, maybe the Cleveland Browns, maybe the, uh, was I don't know, was Jacksonville around back then? Uh, maybe, I think they were. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, even San Francisco or Arizona or anywhere else in the NFL. How often does a sixth round quarterback have an opportunity to get on the field? Very, very rarely. And I started thinking that I think Tom Brady's career would have been drastically different had he gone to any other team and for no other reason than just not ever having the opportunity. Preseason games, they get the chance to play and maybe he would have been good enough in preseason or in practice where the team would have finally given him an opportunity. But I mean, once you get out of the second, third round, those quarterbacks very, very rarely get opportunities to show what they have. Uh, out on the field in a regular season game, let alone given the keys to the car like he was in New England. So, Dad, my question is, not was Tom Brady good enough to make it on another team, but would Tom Brady ever had an opportunity to show that he was good enough on another team? Um, yes, I think he would have had the opportunity. Now, you're right. It's a sixth-round draft choice. Nobody's drafting him there necessarily saying, well, hey, he's the guy we're going to move into that spot. But as far as getting a look at him, I think when you look at the whole Tom Brady career, and I've never necessarily been a big Tom Brady fan, one thing he has is leadership. And that can bring things to a head with a quarterback. You need someone that can command um, the huddle. You need someone that can, you know, get respect of their teammates. And Tom Brady obviously was able to do that. Um, I think you're right. He was in the right system. 
put Tom Brady on some other team and would have he won six Super Bowls, seven Super Bowls? No, I don't think so. You know, he's from Michigan, put him on Detroit. I don't believe the Lions would have six Super Bowl trophies uh, there. I, but he was in the right system um, with the right coach. Um, that helped in a lot of ways. As far as getting the opportunity, I think now when you look at his career, you would say, yes, there was enough there that um, at some point, um, you know, he may not have gone as quickly as he did to a starter there um, in New England. And I think, I'm trying to remember back for sure, so I may be wrong, but didn't he get the opportunity due to an injury? He did, um, but I think when they put him in, Drew Bledsoe got got absolutely yeah. crushed um, there. But I think even at that point, I think Bill Belichick was already a Tom Brady guy. Uh, I think by that point, he already kind of had seen what he wanted to see out of Tom Brady. And when you know when they put Brady in, I think Belichick thought there was potential for him to become the starter at some point. Whether he thought it was going to be as, as soon as it was, I don't know. Um, but you're right. He did get the the actual opportunity when Drew Bledsoe got just demolished uh, in that New York Jets game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he would have gotten the opportunity. And I think looking at it now, there would have been a time when I would have said, boy, you take him out of New England. Um, you know, he wouldn't be anywhere near the quarterback he was. But again, you know, I think... You know, he convinced me when he went to Tampa and won the Super Bowl. And there was a lot of things about his leadership there, attracting other players, uh, being able to control other players, even though that didn't work this year with Antonio Brown. Um, but, you know, I mean, he, you know, had control of the situation. Of course, he he earned that leadership in a lot of ways, you know, with winning like he did um, at New England. And again, you know, some of those Super Bowls in New England, you went into it not thinking they were going to win, and and they did. So he proved a lot there. Um, again, you're right. I mean, a sixth round draft choice that's that's kind of amazing. Um, for a quarterback to go from there. Uh, he did come out of college being known a little bit, but again, you hear everything now about his, um, you know, combine, his numbers weren't good. A lot of things weren't good there. So, um, that, very interesting. We'll never know. We do know how he ended up. Yeah. I mean, you thought you said Detroit, you mentioned Detroit and, you know, I don't know that he ever would have won a Super Bowl in Detroit um, because the whole organization is just different. It's different than in New England. The opportunity, the the situation was going to be so drastically different that, you know, you put him with Calvin Johnson. Does he still have great success? Maybe. But, you know, so much is is forgotten. Um, you know, there there were teams that in New England that weren't great. Rosters that were, you know, didn't have receivers and those kinds of things. But... That being said, it seemed like overall New England had a pretty solid team. Uh, offensive line was usually very good. Defense was usually very good as well. So I I don't know, Dad. I don't know that he would have been anywhere close to the legend that he is today. I don't know that we would have ever considered him the GOAT had he gone to a, a not maybe not any other organization, but several organizations. I mean, you know, had he gone to Green Bay, of course, he would never would have played behind Brett Favre, you know, um, uh, and, you know, they would have never drafted Aaron Rodgers, maybe. I don't know. Uh, had he gone to, uh, I'm trying to think of another okay team. I don't know. The Giants, you know, maybe maybe he would have had success there as well. But had he gone to an organization like the Lions, like the Browns, like, 
uh, even Arizona back in the day, 20 years ago. Um, I just, I don't know that it ever would have happened. I don't know that they would have been willing to put a sixth round quarterback in or a seventh round quarterback, considering that pretty much everybody passed on him, uh, in, even in the sixth round, uh, would they even be willing to put him in and start games with them? Um, and, and had he gotten the opportunity, would have there been enough around him to, for him to be able to shine? He's not an athlete like the other, some of the other quarterbacks out there, right? He's not, he's not athletic and he's not, doesn't run fast. He, he can move in the pocket, but, uh, and Peyton Manning wasn't an athlete either. Um, and he did great, but he had a great situation as well. So that's why I just look at it. And I go, you know what? I don't know that I think Tom Brady's probably should, should get the title of greatest of all time at this point. It, the number of Super Bowls he's won, how he's done it. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't, I don't think you can argue that he's the greatest football player of all time. He's not the best quarterback to ever play the game. I don't think, um, I think Peyton Manning was a better quarterback. I think, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback, but the intangibles and he's obviously a very, he's great. He's great. He's a great quarterback too. I just don't think he's the best quarterback, but he's the greatest of all time NFL player. That's my opinion. And I know some people will hate that opinion, but that's kind of where I sit on it. Dad, can you be the greatest of all time and not be the best at your position? Um, yes, I, I, I think so. Um, they do kind of go together since he was a quarterback there. I would agree with you. I mean, if I was saying, okay, I can pick one quarterback ever, um, I mean, he'd be in the top five, but he wouldn't be the top one or two. So, um, But like I said, you can't argue with the fact um, you know, of all the Super Bowls he was involved in and all the Super Bowls that he won. And you're right, if he was with another team, I don't think he would be the GOAT because I don't think um, he would have won those Super Bowls. And I think now, like I said, when you look at his ability and everything, people say he's the greatest of all time. The biggest thing is mentioned is look at all the Super Bowls he won. And that's what sets him apart. Yeah, and it does, it does set him apart. And he beat some really good teams. You think about those Colts teams that he beat several times, the Steelers teams that he beat a couple of times. Uh, he went through uh, teams in the NFC with Tampa as well. He, he It wasn't like he had an easy go of it in the AFC. There for a while there, it was them in Indianapolis, and then occasionally Pittsburgh would jump in there, but uh, Denver when Peyton was in Denver as well. But um, it, it wasn't like, you know, I look at LeBron's run in the Eastern, Eastern Conference and the NBA – they didn't have any competition. Um, it wasn't like that for, for Tom Brady. He had some intense competition, some really good teams, and uh, and they won. And you cannot argue with the rings on his fingers and, uh, and definitely a, an important part of what makes him, I think, the greatest of all time, even though I think there were better quarterbacks than him. He was had one of the best minds of a quarterback. I still think Peyton would still be right above him on that, but as far as the way he sees the game, um, you said at the leadership, the intangibles, those kinds of things. Tom Brady, no doubt, um, goes down in the history books as the greatest, I think, football player of all time as it currently sits. I, do you think anybody will catch Tom Brady when it comes to Super Bowl rings as a, as a quarterback? Um, probably not because the parity right now in the NFL, I don't know that anybody, somebody may get close. I mean, what Montana won, D won five. Um, so, you know, there's, there's people that did, um, 
there, but as far as, and I guess what Bradshaw won for maybe. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I, so yeah, somebody could, but right now the way the NFL is be a little surprised. My internet connections acting wonky. So hopefully I stick around. Um, if you could choose a quarterback right now, look at the AFC, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. What quarterback are you picking? Josh Allen. Wow. That was a quick answer. Uh, <laughs> I didn't give you that beforehand, so I thought you'd have to think about it. Um, where's yeah. Patrick Mahomes on that list? Um, he'd be, he, I mean, they're all good, and they're all right there together. Burrow is going to be there. Give it another two years, you might say him. Um Mahomes is a guy, I mean, boy, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really want to pass on him, but I think the names you threw out there, um, I think right now, Josh Allen, you know, got the size, got the ability, got a lot going for him. And again, to me, you know, coming from Wyoming and being able to do what he has done, um, I, you know, I think he's going to be special. Yeah, I think, man, you can't go wrong, right? Um, Burrow looks like he's the real deal. Mahomes is Mahomes. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert shows a lot of potential. And Josh Allen, though, he seems like the whole package. And uh, it's hard to go against him. I, I still think I lean Mahomes currently, but I'm definitely on the fence right now uh, with those. I love Joe Burrow. Dad, you talked about the the leadership of Tom Brady. That's what I'm seeing in Joe Burrow. I mean, the players that play on his teams absolutely love him. And uh, and and give a lot for him. So uh, I love what it's looking like. Joe Burrow can be in the years to come as well. We'll talk about our Super Bowl coverage next week. We'll get all that covered in in next week's episode. So we still won't go there quite yet. Uh, let's talk a little college football, Dad. Uh, National Signing Day happened this past week. Uh, I guess on what Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, not a whole lot of surprises. The SEC kind of ruled the day. Uh, some fun conversations between coaches, uh, especially SEC coaches, kind of going after each other and things like that. Um, but it just continues to prove that the SEC is is the best conference in college football. I mean, the the class Vanderbilt was like ranked thirty first, I think. They weren't even the last SEC team in the rankings. They were above so many other teams. The SEC, the way they recruit is just is so different. If you include Oklahoma and Texas in there, even though they're not quite in the SEC yet, um, it just kind of continues to show you, boy, the SEC is tough. Any Anything that stood out to you on signing day? No, I mean, I think you're right about that. Teams that did well early continued to hold their position. Texas, to me, was very surprising early on, and they finished up very, very high. Oklahoma has. Clemson made a jump. You know, early on, they did it, and they ended up, I think, 11th or whatever there. So, um, and of course, you know, recruiting, you know, it looks great. It's a lot of fun to follow, but, um, you know, you don't know where it's going to be. And I think recruiting is different now with the transfer portal. Um, you know, boy, they had a great recruiting year. Now they're going to be tough for the next three or four years. No, they're going to be good next year, and, and they may lose half those guys. Um, you know, we have the self-acclaimed king of the transfer portal, Lane Kiffin, and he can go get anybody he wants, he says. So you just never know. Yeah. Yeah, I got to spend uh, Thursday night at a signing day event after, in between the basketball games at EKU, the EKU 
football team had a quick signing day event to introduce some of the guys in the class. Uh, I got to, to meet a couple of the guys that we've had on the show that I hadn't got to meet in person yet and things like that as well. And uh, it's, it's exciting, right? It, signing day, it's kind of like draft day. You get the chance to look into the future and go, boy, our team's going to be good. Um, but you don't know for sure yet, but that's just what you hope every year when you come to signing day. And uh, SEC taking the top three spots, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, Working hard at AM to, to turn it into a national championship team. And, uh, you know, it continues to, to be impressive there. Ohio State with a big class again as well. Um, just a, a fun time looking at National Sign Day. Congratulations to all the kids. Um, Eastern Kentucky, Dad, they had their highest recruit, I think, ever, or at least in a really long time. He's a four star on some places. He had originally verbally committed to Kentucky. Um, but he ends up coming to EKU. He's a defensive back, so that's exciting. Uh, everybody's excited around here as well. Uh, let's see here. Major League Baseball spring training is in trouble. Uh, starting on time, that was kind of expected. I didn't think we'd start spring training on time, but uh, nonetheless, they've met a couple different times, still far apart on some things. They've actually talked about bringing in a mediator now to help them finish things up. Um, if that will help, I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. But uh, baseball, you know, again, we've said this too many times probably, but they just dropped the ball so many times. They have an opportunity. They are the pretty much the only thing going on in the summer, and uh, they're just going to continue to kind of just flop the opportunities that they have. And, uh, you know, spring training is a big time of year. Now they're probably not going to start until – uh, maybe March, uh, middle of March, something like that. At, at best case scenario, the season's probably getting pushed back at least a month. But I don't know. Do you have – I know we've already talked about starting on time, but uh, do you have any thought? Have you changed your mind? Do you think baseball at least will get things going in relatively decent time? Um, you know, I mean, like I said, the baseball has a history of having problems with this. Um, I think if you got the season started by the 1st of June, you're going to be doing really well. Do you think they will be started by the 1st of June? Um, I, I, you would like to think there's too much money involved to not get this solved at some point in time, um, rather than them losing, you know, more than that or losing a whole season or whatever. Um, but I think both sides can be very stubborn. Um, but I, I think they will, you know, like I said, they're bringing in a, what, a mediator, arbitrator, and um, I, I think they both know they need to get this solved. But again, as you push these things back and, you know, you get the Players Association, um, they're going to need time for spring training. They're going to need time to be ready. And um, I just think it's going to, you know, it, it, it's going to stretch out some. There'll be no, no doubt about it. I think we still start the season in April, not not necessarily the beginning of April. I think it's still going to start there. I'm very optimistic that the deal gets done in relatively decent time. We don't miss a whole lot of action. Um, AAA also announced, uh, uh, what, last week, two weeks ago, that they're going to start trying the robot umpires. Um, I didn't talk to you about this before either, so I'm throwing this kind of at you out of nowhere. But the idea that you'd have a robot calling balls and strikes a more exact strike zone, I guess. Um you think that's a good thing, or do you think that's a, something that'll go away here? Uh, they've tried it in other sm- lower lower levels in the past, but now they're going to try it in some AAA games. 
It'll be interesting to see. Um, I mean, general the first response, I think, would be no. Um, you know, umpires have been very much a part of baseball from there. Um, I assume you'd still have umpires on the bases and everything, but you're just talking about calls and balls and strikes. Um, I think when you look at technology and you look what they've done in football with the replay, um, I don't think this is too far-fetched because I think, you know, you can set up a strike zone. It would be more consistent. It wouldn't be one umpire strike zone and the next umpire strike zone. Um, I, it, I, I think it would take a while for everybody to come to agree to it, but, um, I, I think it, it, you, you never know that we're using technology more in everything and um, be interesting to see how the response is in AAA. I, I think, you know, I mean, it's, they've had it some other places. So if now it's AAA, it's moving its way up, right? So eventually we're, it's going to find its way to the Major League Baseball level. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, last thing I want to mention on the show today is smiling Sam Alvey, friend of the podcast. Uh, actual friend of the podcast. He's been on the show. Um, we've talked a couple times since, actually. He's been on the show. Uh, moved to the town that I grew up in and that dad spent many years in as well. So I've given him some restaurant advice down there. But uh, Sam Alvey uh, fights this weekend in the UFC Saturday the 5th uh, against Brandon, Brandon Allen. Alvey is uh, uh, an underdog in that fight. He's lost his last several fights. Um, needing to get a win to hang in there in the UFC, but uh, good luck to Sam Alvey and uh, and appreciate his. Uh, I was going to say friendship. I don't know that we're quite that that close, but uh, appreciate him and uh, him being a friend of our of our show there. So good luck, smiling Sam Alvey on Saturday in the UFC. I want to remind everybody today's program is presented by. Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live. Starting February 20th, whether baseball's back or not, me and Kevin Wilson will be hosting the Fantasy Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live on the Belly Up Fantasy's Facebook and Twitter page, as well as live on the Tiki Live app and on the Belly Up Sports TV network that you can find. If you have a Roku, you can download the Belly Up Sports channel and find us there 8 p.m. every Sunday, starting February 20th. Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live. We're starting the show with um, uh, player rankings. We'll do that for uh, several weeks. Then we'll have a live fantasy draft, and then we'll get into the season, hopefully. (laughs) We'll see how that content goes uh, as the baseball season gets pushed back further and further. You can find our program every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 7 a.m. I'm going to say our program, the Sports Stove, uh, 7 a.m. and 2 p.m., Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, again, on the Belly Up Sports TV Network, uh, which you can find on your Roku, and then you can also go to Tiki Live on any other streaming device and uh, and get the show as well. Of course, you can always listen to the audio version wherever you get your podcast. If you're if you have a podcast platform that you use and you cannot find the Sports Stove, let us know, and we'll do our best to get on there for you. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sports Stove uh, for uh, content and things throughout the week as well. Dad, any closing thoughts today? Well, one other um, sports item this weekend. I know you're not interested in it necessarily, but it is is the NHL All-Star Weekend in Las Vegas. Got two Predators in the All-Star game. They got the um, skills competition, which is going to be Las Vegas themed. It could be very interesting to watch. And uh, then the All-Star game on Saturday afternoon. So I'm looking forward to that. 
you know, and I can't believe we didn't talk any Olympics today either. The Olympics started, uh, and uh, I love the Olympics. I say that. Uh, I don't know how much I'll watch, but hopefully it's good. Uh, um, go USA and uh, beat China and Russia and all those good good things. But uh, uh, excited about the Winter Olympics and and as well. And maybe we'll cover that more in shows to come uh, also. But. All right. Thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in to today's episode of the Sports Stove. Again, uh, you can always find us on social media at Sports Stove, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. <laughs>